1029 The Hog presents another Bob and Brian podcast. This Bob and Brian On Demand is brought to you by Marcus Theaters. There's a big difference between watching a movie and getting lost in one. Find out what Marcus Theaters means by getting tickets to a hot new release at MarcusTheaters.com. It is time for music news. Our very own Gary Graff. Good morning, Gary. Good morning. I see they left the the grown-ups in charge this week. Yes. And see, we're we're on time this morning. You know, I I almost fell off my chair. (laughs) Just maybe one minute late. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, how are you doing? I'm all right. I'm all right. Busy, busy. You know, it's summertime, so you guys know what that means, you know, in the land of Summerfest. Yeah, the shows just keep coming and coming. They do. And we, we wouldn't uh, have it any other way. We opened last night. Eric Church. And Eric the... Church, big deal. You know, he's not usually an amphitheater festival kind of guy. So, you know, that that was a real coup to have a, have a, have to start Summerfest. Yeah. I mean, he's been playing stadiums, right? Right. Yeah, he's a stadium or he plays multiple nights at arenas and long shows you know he's one of these three hour guys so he's i think he's instilling a little discipline in himself this summer he's he, he's kind of like a the country version of springsteen isn't he and, you know he had the song springsteen so a lot of people it put him in that boat but it's it's actually not a, ba- a bad comparison he is one of these very populous man of the people image type of guys he mixes it up every show he plays long shows so there, there are parallels yeah, I mean it's kind of a mix. I would call him a, he's a mix between Springsteen and Garth Brooks because he still has that a, a solid, solid foot in country. Yeah, country uh, friends of mine used to compare Garth Brooks to Springsteen to me. They'd yeah. say he's a he's the country yeah. Springsteen. Similar sensibilities, you know, in terms of in terms of the showmanship, in terms of the way they mix it up, um, in terms of in terms of unpredictability. Yeah, and those were when I asked some ushers down at the. Well, at the Bradley Center at that time, who who were the nicest performers they ever dealt with? It was Bruce Springsteen and Garth Brooks were the two guys. Oh, Garth is just a sweetheart. They all mentioned, uh, yeah. both of them. Barry Manilow was very low on that list. Really? <laughs> they were told not to look him in the eye. You know, you hear about that, and then you get, you get these very strong denials, you know, from from the performers or their camps. And then I talked to other people who are backstage. Will you hear about these things? Neil Diamond had the same thing go on. Really? And other people tell me, no, that, that was never the case. You know, I, I think in some of these instances it became an urban myth. Sure. You know, and, and maybe it was just picked up on that, you know, if, if there are instructions like not to bother the performers, then, then that whole thing grows. And then you hear about things like don't look them in the eye. You know, if you're, walking the same way, turn around and walk away, that kind of thing. <laughs> right, yeah. You know, maybe maybe it, it grew a little bit amongst the guys. And quite a, you know, quite a, more often than not, the the average venue crew does not really encounter the performer. Right. You know, they, they, they go from their buses to the to their dressing room to the stage, and they don't really see them as all that much. That's Whereas true. Whereas others, they do. Others hang out and... I think yeah, I think Bruce and and uh, and Garth made it a point to kind of go around and talk to some people and shake their hands and stuff. So yeah, so you know, you know, good for those guys. And listen, as long as the show gets on stage and people have a good time and you know spend those couple hours or whatever forgetting how much they paid for their tickets <laughs> and how hard it was to get those tickets, <laughs> everything's fine. Sure, yeah. 
Well, speaking of hard to get tickets, uh, the Canadian government, <laughs> not just Canada, the government, the parliament is up in arms <laughs> at Taylor Swift because <laughs> she announced a bunch of international dates this week, like 40 of them. Australia, Europe, you know, everywhere overseas, no Canada dates, zero. You know, Canada is getting, you know, is getting uh, zilched on the Taylor Swift era tour. So a conservative uh, member of parliament up there is starting an official inquiry. An inquiry. An inquiry or inquiry, (laughs) you know, about why this is so. And he is being joined by liberal members of parliament, you know. And it's like how we talk, how we spoke about how, you know, there's nothing like having a congressperson's children or grandchildren not be able to get Taylor Swift tickets to motivate, in our case, the U.S. Congress to investigate Ticketmaster. Here you have Canada bipartisan support for for trying to figure out why Taylor Swift isn't coming (laughs) to their country and trying to get her to change her mind. Can they force her to come and play a show? No, you can't. (laughs) You know, you can you can create you can create some bad publicity or bad blood, should we say, in mm-hmm. the case of Taylor Swift. See what I did there, um, but uh, but you can't force somebody to come to the country. And I would think measures like that, you know, probably would make it even less likely. Right, they would come to the country. I think you're better off getting the Swifties up there to start a petition or a or a social media drive, and then then you allow Taylor Swift to say, "Oh, I've heard my fans in Canada." Well, you know, of course I'm coming. They've got a, don't they have a fire to worry about up there right now? Yeah, they have other, they have other <laughs> things. You know, they have a, you know, they had a Stanley Cup playoff that didn't have any Canadian teams. You know, <laughs> I mean, there's, there's real, there's real issues there. There you go. Right. But, but they're wringing their hands and trying to figure out why Taylor doesn't like them. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's probably the, uh, that's a good sign you're you're doing pretty well as an artist, I guess. If, I think so. If if, if a parliament want, you know is going to talk about you, yeah, you're doing well. Um, this was this was a week of clarifications in the music world. So last week we talked about this new Beatles track that appears to be coming that used AI to clean up vocals, this and that. Both Sean Lennon, who these days represents his late father John Lennon's interest in the Beatles corporate entity and Paul McCartney both got on social media to kind of clarify this and just make sure that people understood they weren't creating using AI to create music. They used an AI program to more cleanly separate John Lennon's vocal from this cassette demo tape they had. But both of them, both Sean Lennon and Paul McCartney, went to great pains to say that, you know, no music is being created artificially. Okay. But, well. You know, we're just, we're so like like we said last week, good AI. You know, they they're use they're using the technology for something good. Um, you know, and they're assuring us that these will be authentic performances and then they're not saying too much about it. They both said it's a little early to be talking about it. Sean Sean kind of implied that uh that Paul shouldn't have opened his mouth about the whole thing and uh they promised more more news in the future including what George Harrison's uh, involvement will be in it from the great beyond, you know, what they had from George Harrison. Mm-hmm. Uh, meanwhile, Rod Stewart got on Twitter uh, last week, and we, we reported this, that he said he was going to put rock aside for a while and focus on this big band swing, you know, great album he was, work, he was working on and do that. Um, but and a lot of people felt like, and a lot of the reports said, oh, Rod's going to retire from rock and roll. 
and you know some reports said he's going to retire entirely. So he got on Twitter to clarify and just say, I'm not retiring. I'm not giving up rock and roll. I am always going to perform those old songs. But like I did with the Great American Songbook, which, by the way, sold 26 million albums, you know, I did this swing album with Jules Holland, and that's going to become part of it. Well, you know, not the whole thing, but part of what he does. Some some people would argue he gave up rock and roll after he left the Faces. So, oh, they yeah. would. I think that's. <laughs> I don't think that's that's necessarily correct. <laughs> but I. But I. Uh, but you know, he he certainly has pushed where he sits in rock and roll. Sure. Uh, speaking of clarifications and things, the Recording Academy, the Grammy Award folks, made a lot of news this week. Uh, first, they're adding three categories to the Grammy Awards, Best African Music Performance, Best Pop Dance Recording, and Best Alternative Jazz Albums. Uh, a couple of some splitting hair categories. Uh, if you ask me, you know, Pop Dance Recording, though, will be something different from electronic dance music. Okay, so that's basically if you... Because what they were having happen was these singles and remixes by Lady Gaga or whoever were getting thrown into the electronic electronic category and crowding out real electronic dance music artists. Okay. So they've decided to separate that a little bit. They are also moving two categories, the producer of the year non-classical and the songwriter of the year also non-classical into the general category. So they'll be joining album of the year, song of the year, record of the year, and best new artists, meaning all Grammy voters get, will now get to vote on these six categories. And then you and then you have to pick from among the genres. So this way, everybody votes for them. So that'll okay. be that's a smart change. And then uh, the Recording Academy did institute a rule about AI recording, uh, saying you know basically saying that only human creators are eligible to be submitted for consideration and nominated for Grammys. Why don't they make an AI category? Don't you know it's early days for AI, so don't rule that one out. Yet. Right, but they are clarifying, and they're you know they're making sure people know that they're going to be paying attention to it. They did though say that you know music created with assistance from AI will be eligible, but you know it has to be it, it can't be created solely by AI. If it's a creator, a real person like the Beatles mm -hmm. track we just talked about, if you're using AI. You know, as a tool, that's one thing. If you're using it to create the music, then it won't be eligible. And they've also changed some of the rules re re related to album of the year. If you, you know, if you contributed to like one song of an album, you're not necessarily going to be eligible to be part of the nominated the nominated team. You have to do it. You have to be involved in at least ten percent of the album. This is a. Uh... It's getting very complicated. It's like it, the... it is and it isn't. I mean, it does. It does all make sense, and you know, it, it really only matters to the Grammy voters. It's like the roughing the passer rule, you know? right? <laughs> right, or the uh, what is it? Completing the process. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Dell dropped a bombshell on us this week that we're not entirely sure we need to know. Uh, she revealed to one of her audiences in Las Vegas that she's been suffering from jock itch. Uh, apparently, she wears Spanx as part of her costume and pointed out to everybody in some degree of detail oh, um, that, you know, she sweats a lot. And 
the water doesn't go anywhere. It's basically <laughs> trapped in there. So she's did someone just um, yell out TMI to her. Yeah, I would hope so. <laughs> so. She she did let us know that you know she went to the doctor. It was diagnosed as jock itch, uh, and now she squirts an ointment onto herself. Well, good, good. Yeah, we're happy. Aren't we happy to know that? <laughs> Uh, Some Richie, things you wish you you never knew. I know, I know. She likes to talk, and you know sometimes the mouth works quicker than the, uh, <laughs> than the brain in her case. Uh, Richie Zambora shot down reports that he was going to be reuniting with Bon Jovi. Uh, supposedly, he was going. He actually talked about this last year, saying that he was he was going to be rejoining the band for a show at the Big Glastonbury Festival uh, in England. Well, Bon Jovi uh, really uh, can't sing anymore, can he? Well, that's, uh, and I'm not sure that they're even performing at Glastonbury this year because I saw the list and I don't remember seeing them. That's this weekend. But he was asked, Richie was at the Songwriters Hall of Fame this week, and somebody asked him if, you know, there were still plans in place. And he said, nah, not even close. Nobody asked me yet. But he said I, he could do it tomorrow if they asked me. So, who knows, you know, who knows what's going to be the future of that, you know, of, of Bon Jovi. Well, and there's some. And, so much yeah. recorded stuff in these live shows now. I mean, right. Eddie Trunk has been going on a oh, yeah. tirade no, about funny. this. Where you know, I did a story about this uh, last year, just about kind of kind of running down how these tracks are, how the artists, how the, the groups use tracks, and you know, in most cases, they're augmenting the performance or sitting alongside the performance, but they're definitely used more often than you than you would wish. I mean, it's nice. I see, I see videos on Twitter of, like, uh, Nicky Six holding both of his hands up above his head while, while his the bass, bass is while being the bass played. Is playing. Yeah, <laughs> they seem to be, even though they've been denying it on social, you know, you know, vehemently on social media, they seem to be, you know, they're, they're getting caught more than other bands. And I'm not sure if they're, their tech crew just doesn't have it dialed in right you know, or what the deal is there. Yeah. Uh, 2023 Kennedy Center Awards um, honorees have been announced. Barry Gibb from the Bee Gees, Dionne Warwick, and uh, Queen Latifah are the music, the pop music entries, Renee Fleming, uh, the operatic soprano great, and then Billy Crystal. And he, he involves music, too. So this is going to tape on December 3rd in Washington, and it usually airs on CBS the week between Christmas and New Year. Okay. Will the president be there? Oh yeah. Yeah. I think so. They usually are. Well, they, you know, the all but one president has attended. So I would assume <laughs> that, uh, and you know, the current president did attend. Uh, you know, that last year, I would assume he'd be there. Okay. This year, I still, I still remember watching uh, Obama sitting with Led Zeppelin yeah. one year, and that was like that was yeah, a good one. That was, that was cool. I mean, you know. Uh, you know, and U2 was last year, and uh, Biden was sitting next to them. So cool okay. stuff there. Um, Leonard Skinner, we are going to get to see the final performance Gary Rossington gave with the band. That was November 22nd, 2022 at the Ryman Auditorium in Nashville. It was actually filmed, and now they're going to roll it out starting July 8th in theaters. I get to see the concert in the entirety, uh, you know, and those one last time for Gary Rossington, who basically become a guest star uh, at his own band shows. But you get to see him performing LeonardSkinnerd450.com. That's LeonardSkinnerd450.com. Okay. Has ticket and theater information. It was just announced this week, and I didn't see any shows in either Milwaukee or Detroit yet, but 
again, if you're just announcing it and if you're just marketing it, you know, they're going to add to it. And eventually that'll be out on DVD or streaming, I'm sure. I, right? would, I would think, or an album or something. Yeah. Um, a lot of us were disappointed Iron Maiden did not make the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame this year, except for Iron Maiden. <laughs> uh, both two guys in the band, Bruce Dickinson, the, the front man, and Steve Harris, who's the you know co-founder and kind of large and in charge of the band, both spoke out when asked in interviews about it. Um, I believe uh, Bruce Dickinson's term was, we don't give a monkey's bottom. He didn't say bottom. Um, and then actually he didn't say ass either. <laughs> he just said, we don't give a monkey's. But yeah, basically, and both both he and Steve Harris said this isn't why we do this. Right. Um, they did. They did. They did. Interestingly, they both showed some knowledge about how the process works. They uh, because one, you know, they they were pointing out that well, if this was a public vote, it would be one thing, but that whole public vote is only one vote. So they understand how the process works. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, they say that we don't like the people who vote. We don't like the present company excluded, I'm sure. Um, We don't like, uh, you know, we don't like the organization. So, you know, we we don't care if we ever get in. They're they're the anti-Rock and Roll Hall of Fame band. I mean, they're just a big touring juggernaut, and they're out there working hard. Who cares? They don't need it. Right. They don't need it. A lot of those, and I, I talk to more and more of the... The hip bands, the metal bands, and you know they they'll tell you they're happy for their fans because it's their sure. fans that want it, so they'll take they'll take part in it. But you know, for them, it doesn't mean so much, right? Right. And for others, it means a great deal. I just you know I, I I don't understand why it means anything to anybody. It's just a money making thing for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Why partake in it? You know. Well, just... yeah, I guess. I mean, I don't know. You know, if uh, look at there's a Radio Hall of Fame. You know, I'm sure we all wouldn't, you know, wouldn't say no uh, to that if it came. I, th- I think there's, it's the process sure. that bothers them. And, but it's like any Hall of Fame process. The, the Baseball Writers Association takes its lumps mm-hmm. for who they vote for and who they don't. The difference in the Sports Hall of Fames, of course, is you can quantitatively right. make a case. And you, you can in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame scenario too but they don't in fact they pointedly try to make it about not about record sales not about number of hit singles or grammy awards but about influence and this is a little that's a little hazier you know one person's influences another person's bother yeah right and, yeah and so okay. yeah so it's, it's an endless debate it's it's what'll keep them in business that debate <laughs> right yeah exactly that's that's it keeps them in the news right Right, so and we'll keep we'll keep talking, we'll keep complaining. They'll we'll keep, and they'll they'll stay very present. Mm-hmm. A couple of interesting Eddie Van Halen items were sold uh, from the Hot for Teacher video, the miniature Frankenstrat guitar that was played by the actor who played Young Eddie in the Hot for Teacher video uh, is up for sale right now on eBay for almost $220,000. Wow. And it comes with a shooting script and some pictures from the video and all that. It's autographed uh, by Eddie to Brian. Nobody's sure who Brian is, <laughs> but it is autographed by Eddie. Now, that seems like a lot of money, $220,000, but keep in mind that the real full-size Frankenstrat uh, recently sold at auction for $3.9 million. Yes. I, so right. two hundred twenty thousand is a bargain, <laughs> even if it's not the same kind of guitar. Right. It's it's still a guitar. It's not Waldo's glasses or anything from that video. 
Right. So that's a little a little shopping you can do during your upcoming weekend. Awesome. Well, right. great, Gary. I'm, we're up to date, man. That was a, a lot of information there. And all right. All ready for the weekend. Back on repeat at uh, 1029thehog.com and uh, take, take notes. And if you want to buy me that guitar, we'll provide the address. <laughs> Sounds good, Gary. What's uh, coming up this weekend? You got any big we, uh, shows? Week, well, we have Eric Church here tonight. Oh, okay. And Buddy Guy's Farewell Tour. Mm. Uh, we have TLC and Shaggy. Um, ben Folds. So uh, it's a busy, busy weekend here in uh, in the Motor City. All right, I believe it's Zach Brown tonight at Summerfest. Oh, that'll be fun. Yeah, he's all. They're always a good time. Buddy Guy was. I think Buddy Guy was here last night. Yeah, yeah, he's on his farewell tour. So it's uh, you know it's uh, Summerfest. We've talked about it. Summerfest is the bomb. So I hope everybody's getting a chance to go out and enjoy it. Absolutely. All right, man. Have a great weekend, and uh, the guys will be back next week. Oh, I mean, fine. That's great. (laughs) See you, Gary. Take it easy.